Hello. That's been a week. It's been a while and a week. Yes. Should we explain what's happened to us this week? Briefly. Go on. Go on. <laughs> so, um, third return to hospital. Uh, disclaimer, everything's fine. Yes. But third return to hospital in five months and lots of prodding and poking. Not of us, but of our uh, of our son. And um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a traumatic one this time, but all is fine. Yes. Uh, but did find ourselves in the hospital after having about an hour's sleep, two hours sleep, something like that, probably two hours maximum, sitting going, wish we brought the podcast recorder. <laughs> Can you Just, imagine? This kind of shows you what our life has become Can now. Can you imagine like a nurse or a doctor walking <laughs> in and there's us sat there recording, talk, <laughs> talking about some Netflix plot? Can you imagine? While well, there's like beeping going off and saturations doing <laughs> all sorts. Um, I think my favourite thing, of course, from being in that, apart from all of, you know, the, the you've got to put to one side, what happened at the hospital you've got to sort of look back and try and laugh about these things but my favorite thing was when um people that we knew because we're kind of we we might as well get some sort of loyalty card for (laughs) you know the hospital because we're there so frequently but we know quite a lot of people there now and a lot of doctors and nurses and other staff surgeons they move around the different wards as we do and then we spot them in different different circumstances and so they get to see us and they sort of talk about how things are going and catch up with us and we got asked didn't we how how's lockdown been for you guys after we spent such a long time on neonatal and we we started a podcast i didn't do this it was (laughs) you that started pimping out our uh (laughs) i even like dropped in we got in the guardian as well (laughs) yes but um, yeah, so we've got three new listeners now from uh, possibly, from possibly. <laughs> possibly. So yeah, but no, genuinely, like not being funny. I really did miss doing the podcast, and when we were having some very difficult times, I did think, oh, I would really just like to go into my parallel universe of talking about TV and film. And arguing with you about how big the Easter egg should be when we're watching something. <laughs> so here we are, we're back. We're and, back. And uh, it feels good to be recording. It does, it does, it does. Didn't want to try something a little bit different this week. Ooh. Um, yeah, we watch a lot of things separately, but a lot of things together. So I think we're going to just cut down on the stuff we're watching separately and maybe just mention them like just a couple of sentences on what we've been watching and stuff like that. Yeah. But really concentrate on the stuff we've been watching together because yeah. I think that's where... <laughs> where the arguments fly. Yes, where the arguments come and, and arguments are sort of the gold standard in podcasting. So uh, for us it is anyway. Well, so. they are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so are we going to do what we've been watching separately first? Is that what we've decided? Here we go, editorial content <laughs> on the podcast again. Let's, let, let's play the TV thing and then we'll go into <laughs> It's been a while. It's been a while. Watching television, watching so this week I've really been watching two things, which are older things, uh, so I'm not going to go into them too much. I'm currently on season eight of The Walking Dead. I mean, you shake your head. I just find it so sad and miserable and, oh, is it really what you want to be watching during a pandemic? Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's awful at the minute. Mm. Like... The, the show is really, really getting really bad. It's really badly structured. They have split every all the group of survivors off into different sects. And we have an episode on these people, an episode on these people, an episode on these people. So you only see... And because the, they're split up into two sections of eight episodes. Right. I think they probably had a break over Christmas. So they had one to eight and then and like mid-season uh, finale. And then... Episode 9 to 16. Does that work? I don't know. Don't look at me. Yeah, no, that, that, I, think that, I think those numbers work. <laughs> I'm just questioning it. Um, yeah, so they have a mid, mid-season mid finale, which, thank you, you did your very best at uh, trying to ruin. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> Rick is having a real tense standoff with Negan, and you decided to clean Blake's uh, old McDonald's <laughs> tractor. So just in the middle of it, I just say, it's all in a club style as well. I know it is. It's really, really And it goes on forever and you can't turn it off. Well, and you wouldn't stop. It wasn't my fault. It's one of those automatic, you know, if you click, you know, when you knock something and then it just goes and then it goes again. Yeah. yeah. But I think, yeah. So 
the whole group of survivors are split off into different sections. So you only see people who've got real emotional moments. Someone who was killed in the last series, her girlfriend only finds out about it at the very, like, episode six or seven, because she's not been seen at all. She's just gone off for a wander and uh, gone for some supplies. So remind me again, why are you watching this? Because I'm eight seasons into it. And you just want to keep I'm going. I'm pot committed. You're completest. And I know that, I've, I've heard that seasons nine and ten are, are a lot better. Okay. But I need to get through this. And, uh, yes, please. Yeah, um, get, get to the other side. Oh, um, I've also been watching The Expanse. You roll your eyes at that, don't you? I just, it, it's not that I'm rolling my eyes at it. I think I just have no interest in it whatsoever. Mm. So I'm glad you like it, but it just doesn't intrigue me in any sort. It, I mean, God, I mean, it's not a crime documentary, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it's actually pretty good. I'm sure it is. It's it. It was a show that was on sci- the Sci-Fi Channel, which comes with its own kind of taboo and idea of what it's going to be like Hipposaurus versus Crocoshark or whatever it's going to be called <laughs> I'd watch that um, but this is this is like Game of Thrones in space you've got lots of different elements of the story you've got lots of different characters that are introduced and being told in linear storylines and then they all come together um, this is a really really good show I think the first season I admired more than liked but season two has really kicked on um i've just went there's now five seasons i think mm-hmm. and the sixth season that's coming out this christmas coming up is going to be the is going to be the last one certainly on amazon um because amazon took it over after season three so i'm trying to get caught up to it before then so i can watch the last season live great you've got a lot of I things to come up to, to. <laughs> but yeah that's what i've been watching what about you so I've been watching, funnily enough, crime documentaries. Nothing changes there then. One on the BBC, which I'm really enjoying, is Forensics, colon, the real CSI. So it kind of tells you what it's going to be about. So not necessarily looking at the investigation from your typical perspective of the police on the front line. We're looking at behind the scenes and the forensics and the very specific type of skill you need to be a fingerprint expert so they actually show you you know the painstaking work that goes into comparing one fingerprint on a glass to you know someone whose fingerprint has been taken at the police station it's absolutely fast i found myself thinking i'd really like to do that like comparing these two pieces of of artistry essentially going oh there's a line going up there and there's something you know it's a bit like spot the difference yeah 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 isn't this one of the most oversubscribed fields of like training now is it yeah i think once csi started coming out Mm. everyone started to do criminology with forensics at university and i know like a lot of people tried to get into it and were told by their careers advisors you don't want to do that because everyone's doing it's it. It's really, really tough yeah. to get into. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the people who were talking about it were saying, you know, I, I didn't think I would go into forensics. I was doing this sort of degree and I've ended up here. And a, a number of them, actually, I found really interesting, had been victims of crime and forensics had been um, used to uh, for evidence to secure a conviction. So that's what led them into it. So I, I really like it. It's really well done. It's, it's very powerful. There are, you know, you're touching on subjects like um, domestic violence, gang-related murder, you know, some the, the death of a child in, in one, one instance. Yeah. Um, so, you know, each episode focuses on a particular crime. And it's very sadly, because this is what forensics typically used for and, and needed for, it does involve the, the death of one person, if not more than mm. one. So Yeah, it's weird um, that I'm watching The Walking Dead, isn't it? And yeah. such a depressing... <laughs> all right, all right, fine. Um, I have also been watching on Netflix this amazing... I'm going to call it a documentary in inverted commas because it's so Americanized. Ron Howard is one of the exec producers, I think. So it's really been done this filmic way. You may have heard of it. It's called The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. I want to call it the Cecil Hotel, but everyone seems to call it the Cecil. I only know of this because you've been recommending this to our friends. Yes, I know. 
know people have actually been listening can you believe it so yes i actually put a shout out on our instagram and say you know has anyone else been watching the vanishing at the Caesar hotel what did you think i don't think we can pull off the the shout out (laughs) i'm gonna give it a go i'm gonna give it a go but anyway what everyone said was exactly what i thought and it really pulls you in it's a it's about this hotel in downtown LA, which I know nothing about, A, because I don't know anything about geography, as we well know on this podcast, but B, not been to LA before, only know the bright and shiny LA, the Hollywood, you know, the, the glam, but this is a, a part of LA that I didn't really know anything about. And looking at the people around the hotel, there's a lot of homelessness around there, there's a lot of crime, but also within this hotel, a hotel that you would see on maybe, um, you know, your website, and you would look at the hallway and think, wow, it's old Hollywood glamour. But as soon as you get in the lift and you go up to the first floor, you realise you're looking at probably, you know, at one of those um, hotels that have seen better days, let's just say that. Okay. You know, where your water might run a little bit muddy and uh, there'd be a strange smell coming from somewhere and you'd pull the sheets back and think, hmm, I wonder how many people have slept in this before they were cleaned. So there's an episode, there's a series of American Horror Story which is based in an LA hotel. I wonder if this is based around. Well, interestingly, there'd be there's it's it's got a you know a mythology all of its own. So the Night Stalker, which is also there's been a documentary on the Night Stalker, this very famous um, murderer that actually turns up as a character in American Horror Story, which is what's made me think of it. Um, his name was Richard Ramirez. You might remember him from the one where they're in a hotel. No, no, that was it. Was the one where they were um, the American Horror Story where it was the eighties. He turns oh, up in that. Yes, he, yes, yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. So that's what's made me think of it. But anyway, it's well, it's a mythologized hotel. Bad things happen in this hotel, and something really bad does happen in in this hotel. And there is, as the title would suggest, a vanishing. Somebody goes missing, and there's a strange piece of CCTV which suggests that something really odd has gone on with this poor girl who who has vanished. It's it's a funny one. I watched it all in a day, (laughs) so it clearly was compelling, but as many people have said when we, when we put our, I'm going to put inverted commas for you, our shout out on Instagram, many people were coming back, including your mate Neil, to say it was really quite philatastic, there's a lot going on there. Some of the things that are used to fill it, I actually found quite interesting. So they go down this line of looking at the online sleuths, the people that find stories like this and go, I can solve it. I'm in my bedroom somewhere in the other part of the world. I can be on YouTube. I can look at the CCTV and I'm going to say, oh, there's a foot there or that, you know, the timestamp's wrong. Conspiracy theorists, I think, yeah. mainly look, looking into. And they really go down that path, which I found quite interesting, but there was a lot of filler. Um, big shout out to um, our mate, Kate Lee, who came back and talked about uh, vanishing at the, the Cecil Hotel and was of the same, same opinion, very compelling, but just something not quite there. You know, just it's one of those ones where I really want people to watch it, but also not to think too much is going to be happening do you know what I mean like it's I think it's a great watch it's something really good to chat with your mates about but I'm pro it's not going to be on my top 10 of the year at the end of the year okay okay can we talk about behind her eyes yes so we're going to talk about show two shows that we've seen together one is behind her eyes and then we're going to talk about unforgotten as well aren't we okay yeah just spoilers spoilers (laughs) right go on then behind her eyes so Behind Our Eyes is an adaptation of a book that was popular a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think it was one of them summer reads that everyone spoke about, like The Girl on the Train. It's terrible, isn't it? We girl. don't read, do we? And people go on about these books that are amazing and they're going to be tuned cha- t- into like TV and film. I'm like, never read them. Yeah. But it's Sarah Pinborough. It's, okay. So the... I don't know Sarah Pinborough at all. Is she... No, oh, I mean, right. Yeah, neither do I. But I'm sounding like I do. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, didn't, didn't mean like, to out us in this way. really confident. <laughs> Basic plot is Louise, a single mum, uh, gets stood up on a like a night out and gets ch- talking to a guy in a bar, a guy called David. They get on really well and end up kissing, but walk away without get, taking names, without knowing anything about each other. Next day, she realises that David is her new boss. Dun, dun, dun. We see their relationship progress. We also see David and his wife, Adele, who have moved to the area. 
and how their relationship progresses. They seem to have a very strained relationship from what we can tell. And separately to that, Adele bumps into Louise and explains she's looking for friends in the area and those two make friends. So this Mm. is a classic love triangle. With some strange psychological thriller elements thrown in as well. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I don't know where to start with this. I think perhaps we should start with the fact that this was... What did they call what was it thing appointment television that was it so but we made it appointment television for ourselves yes because it was already on wasn't it you could watch yeah you it's could a Netflix watch it. show it's Netflix. so but, all six episodes are up but we were sitting down every night to watch the next episode yes behind her we made eyes. a little program for ourselves where every night we were like right we're going to watch the next episode we're not going to go on to the next one straight away we're not going to binge it we're just going to go each night we're going to take an episode. It was torture for me, can I just say that? <laughs> there were so many times when I just wanted to watch an episode when you were like upstairs or when I was doing something else. Or like you like sat in the bath and just put it on my phone or something. Just so I could... And for the longest of time when I was up in the middle of the night feeding the little one, I nearly went on Wikipedia to find out what happened because I so just needed to know. And I think that really shows you how amazing this show is in terms of keeping you interested. Okay. I think it's safe to say, and we're not going to give away any spoilers on this. Not at all. This goes to places I didn't see at the start. (laughs) Um, There is a subplot of Adele with... She's clearly got a background um, in... Mental health. Yeah, mental health. So the institutionalised at one point. Yeah, yeah. And she has a friendship with a guy she meets called Rob. Mm. And that is shown through flashbacks. Um, Everything is is for a reason, I think we found out. And I did not see where this went (laughs) at all. And I think it was slightly spoiled, I think, by the fact that we knew that something was going to happen because it had been, when the book had come out, subsequently we found out, it was this sort of like WTF ending. Yeah. And Sarah Pinbro had come out and said in interviews I've, I've read that she was just told by the, you know, go for it, go for it, you know, mm-hmm. don't don't hold back. And she absolutely didn't. So you, you think you know where it's going. So can I just point out, you said, the what? problem we had was that we knew about this, telling everyone who's not seen it. No, no, I think you, what you've already said, it goes to places that you don't yeah, expect yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, you're waiting for that, well, what could it be? Yes. And you're guessing all the way along. And I was sort of like doing that really annoying thing in the middle of an episode where I put my hand in the air and like I'm in the class. And I'm going, sir, sir, I think I know what's going on. A chilling and insight every- into my life. <laughs> And every time I got it wrong. But I really enjoyed the fact that it went in that direction. I think I would have been disappointed if it had just ended in your very typical, like, you know, I love an Agatha Christie, but I can see the ending coming a mile off. Yeah. This was nice because I just didn't know what was going to happen. Should we talk about the cast? Yeah, let please. So I think the highlight of this for me is Simona Brown, who plays Louise. I had not seen her in anything before. I don't know about you. No, I had looked her up the other night and she has been in things that we have watched. But I, I just, I think she was in The Night Manager. I've never seen The Night Manager. Okay, well, I'm only a few episodes in, so maybe she hasn't rocked up. When did you watch this? Oh, a few months ago I started watching oh, it. Oh, okay, right. Didn't, yeah. didn't I, thought you, you. <laughs> I saw this in 2016 and I'm only a few episodes in. I'm going to get to episode three what at some point. Is, what else has she been? I'm sure I've seen her in something else. So she was in Little Drummer Girl? Oh, you see, Which that's yes. I I'm, watched the first episode I love of Little Drummer Girl, but I don't remember her in that. No, um, I mean she she's really, really charismatic. She's so good. Um, she's such a likable screen presence. Mm, you really like like her as a like a person. Yeah. You feel that you could be across the road from a, like as a neighbour, and if she popped around for a cup of tea, you'd be really happy. And she seemed so well, like just. She, she has a beautiful apartment as well, yeah. just to say. And and a lovely son. And she seems just a really nice person that's been through a, a horrible time in terms of like her recent divorce. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Uh, Tom Bateman plays David. Yeah. I don't know Tom Bateman at all. Now, he is in um, An Agatha Christie because he was in the... Kenneth Branagh version of Murder on the Orient Express and he's going to be in my favourite film to come out 
at some point in the future, if you've heard any of our other podcasts, you know I'm slightly obsessed with this. I just want to see the new Death on the Nile. I just want to see it. I love Death on the Nile as a story, and I'd really like it to come out sometime soon, but he's in that as well. I'm not sure what to make of him. I think this is a difficult role for him, for reasons we can't go into. Yeah. You know, you're all... You're going to always be guessing what's going on. I think perhaps if you watch it again, you would maybe look at his performance in a different way. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch this again. Mm. I mean, I, I think I probably need to give it a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I want to watch it again and just see if everything makes sense from the yeah. beginning. Um, I think he's having a lovely time with it. Absolutely. my feeling. Um, but the my superstar on a level with Simona Brown is Eve Hewson, who I'm a little bit obsessed with, I have to say. So, should we just make it clear that this is the daughter of Bonner? Yeah, I'm sure she's really pleased with everyone bringing that up every single time they talk about it. still this. not forgiving him for, giving, for putting his album on me uh, iPod On your iPod when you didn't want it. Yeah. But he's given us Eve Hewson. He's amazing. I spent the first... What a talent. ...three episodes wondering if she was the best or worst thing about this. Mm. Because... She has to play this very Stepford Wives, mm-hmm. very picture-perfect life. Mm-hmm. She's always colour-coordinated. She's, she's always in white. Or she's always yeah. in black. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she yeah. always wears matching colours all yes. the way down. Yeah. She wears some amazing costumes. Yeah. I mean, phew. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, I think once I realised that she was, pl- she was purposely playing a Stepford yes. Wife. yes. I, yeah. And there's so much to her performance. When you then, when you get to the end, you realise the work that she has been doing. Yes, without, absolutely. You know, that, I don't think that gives anything. But you, you realise that she had a plan, and everything that she has done has been for a reason. Yeah. And that in itself, I think, is absolutely fascinating. Um, I think she's amazing. Like really, really amazing. I think she's so. It's the eyes as well. She's just. She draws you in, and you. You kind of want... I've always felt like, I would like to be her friend, but I know she's a bit mad. You know, I, that, I don't that. want to be her friend. Let me just make that very <laughs> yeah, clear okay. right now. But yeah, I, all, all three, I thought... We, we, we wouldn't have... I don't think we would have got on with this as much if it hadn't been for those performances. But I do want to have um, a bit of a shout out for the guy that plays Rob. So you've been, you've just talked about this guy that she meets in the institution when uh, she's Robert younger. Robert Arameo. Robert Arameo, who I thought I knew from something. So I looked him up and he plays young Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Does he? But he's, I thought he was really, really good. Really good. Yeah. But, uh, he, he's not in it particularly you know, he's in flashbacks, so yes. he's not in it as much as the others. But he is also, I've um, discovered, supposedly going to be the lead in the new Lord of the Rings TV show. Now, I think that'll be brilliant casting. Interesting. It, from what I've seen of him here, like a tiny little bit of him here, I think he, again, really compelling presence. I mean, I really don't care about Lord of the Rings. No, neither do I. Today. Neither do I, but I might watch it to see what he does. Uh, we'll have to watch it, won't we? Yeah, it's probably, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to, you, do, you want, do you want to talk about um, our little uh, thing today where I challenged you to name... The uh, people, it, you know, the main players in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And you just, you just didn't know them. I didn't care. I mean, call yourself a podcaster on TV and film, and I, you don't, you don't even know your Legolas from I, your Galadriel. I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I, I admire the Lord of the Rings films. I don't really enjoy them. I can see that they're brilliantly made films that just aren't for me. It was a really odd experience for me because normally you're always quizzing me, and I get either bored. Or annoyed that I don't know the answer, but this time I was like, jaw was on the ground, going, but, 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 <laughs> you don't know, like, Merry and Pippin, and as you got, you got Bilbo and Frodo, I suppose. Yeah. You got Elrond as well, which I thought was a bit. That's a, bit a programming language, so okay. I know I've I've looked up why that's called that as okay. well. So yeah, that's that's how I knew that. But yeah. anyway, we digress. Um, really recommend. Be, I want to beyond her eyes, behind her behind eyes. Behind her eyes, yeah. Give it a go. I bet you'll watch it, you know, just episode after episode. It is brilliant. I reserve the right to be, for you to hate it, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think this is for everyone. No, no. And I, can, I, I thought you might hate it, the ending. You know what? I was just along for the ride so much. I think in mm. any other world, I would roll my eyes and go, well, that's ruined it for me. But I just enjoyed the ride. I really did. I appreciate the balls of it. Yes. Like the massive brass balls yeah, to yeah, do that yeah, ending. Yeah. But yeah, 
we're, we're, we're teasing everyone now. Just go watch it. It's yeah. like six episodes. It's all on Netflix. Let I us know it. what you think. Yeah. Right, Unforgotten. So Unforgotten has been running for much longer than I anticipated. It's been running since 2015, you know. So it's the fourth series, this one. Is it? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you know that. I've only seen three and four. Oh, all right then. That's going to be interesting. So you haven't seen sort of like the beginning of how the team came no, together? No, it or... was only the last series I saw. And I, I don't think you need to see everything. Mm-hmm. I think this is a standalone drama mm-hmm. where it's a case by case per, per season and I think you can just come into it I, I suspect you get more out of it watching it from the beginning mm, yeah but yeah and I think characterize you don't yeah you? but yeah I, I this is one case per series and yeah yeah and, and it's a, a team I mean there's more more to them now because I think they've, they've opened up the the team of investigators but it's Nicola Walker playing DCI Cassie Stewart and Sanjeev Bhaskar playing D.I. Sunny Khan as they go around in each season, like you say, solving an, like a cold case or a disappearance or, or murder that's been quite some time ago. I don't think it's a cold case. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. exactly what it is. Yeah. I'm just explaining it. So, yeah, as you say, every season they're looking at, looking at a cold case and they are the, two main players. They have such a wonderful relationship I think this is very different to other British crime dramas in that they're just so quiet and calm. And it's like there was a scene this week where Cassie Stewart, like Nicola Walker, was talking to one of the extended team, like Young Girl, and she was just saying things like, Have you rang that person? And she was, you know, she was coming back saying, Yeah, yeah, I've rang them and, you know, I'm going to be speaking to them tomorrow. And that was kind of it. That yeah. was all it was. I'm not saying that it's true to life in inverted commas because, like, you know, it, it is a work of fiction, but it's not this bombastic, right, we're going to put the board up and we're going to, and I'm going to have a revelation while I'm looking at the board and I'm going to shout at that bloke over there because he's not working hard enough. They're just really nice people living ordinary lives trying to resolve these really complex and interesting cases of disappearance and murder. Yeah, and I think the key thing that you said there is complex. Because this is an ITV drama, and this, to me, is the least ITV drama I've ever seen on ITV. And I think, in my mind, ITV drama is not necessarily something that I... When I see something advertised on ITV, I don't think I want to watch that. Are you thinking more along the lines of like your Midsummer Murders yeah. or you're like your Inspector Moore? So sort of those old school crime dramas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but even even things like Broadchurch, okay, which is a brilliant series, mm. but I never watched it when it first came out because it's just it's a very pretty linear by the book murder mystery, mm-hmm. and I think it's excellently well done. Excellently well Excellently done. Excellently well done. Yeah, I think it's very well done. <laughs> but I wouldn't choose to watch it. Okay. This is so complex. Um, so the first series of every, the first episode of every series, you are introduced to all these characters, and we we meet the people who are on the team, and we reacquaint with what's happened since the last series. Mm-hmm. But we also meet every single one of the suspects and people who are just tangentially involved in this case. Even before our crime team know about them, yes. we're meeting who the people who will eventually become yeah. the the suspects in the case. And it's a lot to take on. It is. You you kind of go right. I remember seeing Annie from. Uh, life on Mars yeah. about 20 minutes ago <laughs> and clocking that it was her but I can't think for the life of me what they were doing because there's no context to anything that these people are doing and like you said I'm just going to pick up there they're, they're getting on board and, and they always have done but brilliant actors to play the suspects each I mean last time round they had some phenomenal people in the, in the last series in particular this time like you say you've got is it Liz White Annie from Life on Mars you've yes. got Susan Lynch Sheila Hancock. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else there is. Um, even even people like, just in a really, really small role in the season premiere, Terry Alderton, who I've not seen on TV for years. Who's Terry Alderton? So he's a stand-up comedian uh-huh. who went into a bit of presenting and a bit of um, acting around the turn of the millennium. 
Yeah, he's got a shaved head. You will know him. And he just plays mm-hmm. someone who, like the foreman who comes on oh, at the a, building, a, a site building site where right? a body yeah, is yeah, found, yeah, which yeah, what yeah, sets up yeah. everything. And I was like, what's he doing here? He's, he, I don't think he'll ever appear again, but he's just a really, really good safe hand. We've got to talk about someone else who's in the show as well. Oh, no, Mark's showing me a picture of Terry Alton. Yeah, yeah, I get him. Yeah. I get him. Yeah. But yeah, the, the other person that makes me laugh every time he comes on, because we know this guy, he's one of the coppers, but we know him from somewhere else. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. So, Lewis Reeves, who plays uh, Jake, is it? I, I'm not quite sure. He's been in it since the start. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm offering it to you. I'm yeah, looking at IMDb okay. as I'm doing this. I'm just trying to create a conversation. It's just, okay. just podcasts, you know. <laughs> Thanks, love. So I know him in two different places. Yeah. And I have a really hard time warming to him because he plays a a bad character mm-hmm. in I May Destroy You. Okay. But we know him best. Yes. As Gareth Walker. Oh, Gareth Walker. The best mate of Alex. Alex, what is it? Is it Alex Hunter? Alex Hunter. I do, why do I know that? I shouldn't know this. In the FIFA 18, 19 series. He's his mate coming up through the academy who then goes off and gets a big club while Alex is learned out and becomes like a baddie and like mocks him all the way through. Amazing. <laughs> and it, like, when we first saw him, we're like, how do we know him? How do we know him? And it's like, because his face has been taken yes. and moulded into this character on FIFA. Like, he, he, he is like the person behind it, isn't it? Is it like, I mean, I'm going to, it's not like motion capture. Or, yeah, it, it will be. Yeah, it'll be motion yeah, capture. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But it's amazing. So we know him best for that. So he always makes us smile when he comes up on the, on mm. the TV. I'm, I'm not, you know what? Last series... The, the series three, for me, was just superb. A, because of the storyline where I just did not know where it was going and the cast were just brilliant. But B, because we started to look at uh, Nicola Walker's character's mental health and how she was feeling in terms of doing this type of work. I think sort of like PTSD, yes. uh, a lot of trauma... Uh, and looking at her thinking, right, how am I going to navigate the world of work with what I have seen? Do I really want to be there anymore? And she takes some sick leave. And I, I really, really appreciated both of those lines. Now, it does carry on. Obviously, she is back in the, in the series. Four, so we are still looking at how, you know, mental health and how work and all of the, all of those things uh, move together and the idea of, of trauma over time and trying to, to, to look at your identity around work. I'm, I'm really inarticulate these days, but there's all of those those themes coming together in, in this show. So I, I really do appreciate that, but this the story in this series hasn't quite caught me yet as much as Series 3 did. I'd agree. I think Series 3 also took a couple of episodes just to fully establish everything. I think everyone was earning it on screen, mm. but the story it took the storyline to come together, which only yeah. happened maybe three or f- episode three or four in, as yeah. I remember it, to really hit home with me, yeah. and that's when I got hooked. It was something that you were watching and I was in the room for mm. for a lot of it, and then it was at that point that it moved forward. My favourite part of this is Peter Egan. Peter. Playing Nicola Walker's dad. I, I, I didn't. You always talk about him, and I don't know him. He's Paul in Ever Decreasing Circles. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh right, there's going to be an Ever Decreasing Circles rewatch going on. You know what? I I couldn't even tell you what that's about. Oh well, it, yeah, it's about a really like middle aged. <laughs> that wasn't in the tune to tell me. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you'll be surprised when we watch episode one right. for this evening because okay. we're recording this early. So. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Unforgotten, another great recommendation, I think. I think series three and four are on the ITV hub at the mm, minute. Mm-hmm. I've just had a little look at that. ITV are doing really well at the moment in terms of putting on the previ- a previous series when something new's come on and say, you know, they did it with the Bay as well. They said, you know, the series one of the Bay's on, watch it before. And that's how they're advertising it, yeah. isn't it? It's quite, quite. Um, season one is on the hub. Yeah. ITV hub, is that hub, what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Season two is it's weekly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think ITV. I suspect one and two are on BritBox. Possibly. Ah well. <laughs> Do you want to briefly talk about some films? Go on then. Okay. You'll have to remind me what they are. You ready? Yeah. What's wrong? <laughs> he would like. 
I've got new glasses. Okay. I just need to see what's going. Yeah, my I'm ready. My glasses are ready. Okay, go for it. So two films. One I watched by myself, and one we've sort of watched together. Sort of. You'd seen it before, and I've just watched it now with you in the room. Trying not to say anything. Yeah, yeah. Which you nearly did during the first. I one nearly as well. did. I nearly just. Sh- you said, "Oh, I'm watching Underwater," and I nearly shouted out a major, major <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> So, first thing that I watched by myself is The Turning. And both these films are beginning of the year old, beginning of the year cinema fillers. Could I just ask, why are you watching them? Why have you. Is it just for something to have? Like, a, I know we use TV and film as like a decompressor, particularly when we've had a, a, a difficult week, which obviously we have had. Yes. What has drawn you to these films? I'm so glad you asked Okay. So, just to open up and maybe share a little bit of my geekiness, I like to watch the top 20 films of each year from the box office, just so that I don't feel I'm missing out on anything that's like culturally relevant. relevant. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've backed myself into a hole on this, because normally like the number 20 film each year would be like a mid-sized blockbuster mm-hmm. or, a, or a small film that's done really well, like an awards film that's kind of got some crossover. Because cinema's been closed for three quarters of the last year, it's made, made the list very, very random. At one point, there was a Japanese anime up in, like, number 20, and I was like, I hope something number takes that, because there's three films I need to see before I get to that one. I could, of course, break my rules, but who's going to do that, you know? Oh, not yeah. you! So, number 20 and number 19 this year were The Turning. Oh, that, right, And that makes Underwater, sense. so right. that's why I watched them. Right, okay, that's interesting. So, The Turning Mm -hmm. is a retelling of Turn the Screw? Turn of the Screw? Turning of the Screw. No, it's Turn of the Screw. The Turn of the... You know why I'm saying that? Because as in my sleep-deprived moment last night, I said to you, why were you watching a remake of The Taming of the Shrew? Shrew, yes. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, This is told in... Not in a modern-day setting, but a mid-90s setting. And the only reason that comes up is because in the first scene, there's a news report of um, Kurt Cobain's death. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. No that other relevance happened. of yeah. it being the mid-90s, aside okay. from maybe the fact that people don't have mobile phones. Mm. So this is Mackenzie Davis. Hooray. Yes, absolutely. Coming and taking over a governess role, so a sort of a private tutor mm. to an orphaned child played by Brooklyn Prince, um, who is living in this big mansion along with her brother, Phil Wolfhard. There is a um, another member of staff there, sort of a nanny-struck butler there, caught, uh, played by Barbara M- Martin. And this is very much a four-hander. You know quite a lot of the turn of the screw. Oh, only... I, I only know... Because this turn turn of the screw is a novella, a horror novella from the eighteen hundreds. So yes. I've picked up things about it. I've picked up major plot points over time, and I think there have been a number of films based on using the plot points of of, of that book. Mm. So I know of them. So I'll start off by saying all the problems with this film are not with the cast. Okay, Mackenzie Davis is doing a brilliant job. Um, of trying to carry this with not a lot to work with. Ben Wolfhard, in my mind, has been overexposed. I don't think he's done that much since Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. There's It, where he plays quite an annoying character, and I think that's probably why I think he's been overexposed. Uh, and he yeah, was a bit yeah. of, really annoying in the last series of Stranger Things. Yeah, you found him quite, yeah, like uh, teenagery annoying. Uh, yeah. And he's a bit like that in this. Mm-hmm. But. He's a fine actor, as mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's a problem. I suspect you won't have heard of Brooklyn Prince. She was in a film called The Florida Project a few years ago. Yeah, I heard I heard of that because it got a lot of um, awards sort of buzz, didn't it? She's brilliant in it, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's such a good film. I'd really recommend you watching it. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, it's about like a, a family living in the project just outside Disney World. So, like... Yeah, they're in a very touristy area. They're living in a really sort of run-down flat and stuff like that. Um, Christopher Walken... Um, not Christopher Walken. I know who you mean. Um, he plays the Green Goblin yes. in Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't 
can't think of his name. Willem Dafoe. That's it. <laughs> Willem Dafoe plays the like owner of the of the of the project. The complex, that, yeah, the yeah. complex that they live in, in, and it's basically follows this these kids and they're just living their life unaware of what's in the of the disadvantages that they have and the sort of opulence around them. It's such a good film and she's so good in it. And she's really good in this. There is nothing else for them to work with. Mm. Um, There is the occasional moment of horror where sort of a door closes and you will see a figure in the background. Quite similar to House on Haunted Hill. Okay, yeah. And I think the haunting of Blind Manor, which was like the run-up to that, is meant to be... Which is uh, also a retelling of yeah, the turn of yeah, the screw. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of weird. There are a couple of ghosts kicking oh, about. No. Um, there is Jolie Richardson, who plays Mackenzie Davis's mother, mm-hmm. is kind of like in the background, sending her pictures through the post and stuff oh, like that God. of her artwork. This about halfway through I was like this could go one of two ways uh-huh. and it went into a really bad way oh, all the dear. subtlety went yeah it was just people's face just popping up oh no in a, yeah I'm yeah. scared already and the ending is one of the biggest just don't know how to end it let's just do this let's do that yes because I saw the ending and I was like because I wanted to shout obviously as these things happen with me I just wanted to shout thematic things about the turn of the screw at you while you were, you know, sort of like... Spoil? Yes. That's, yes. Yes. That is what I wanted to do. It's awful. It's like some sort of thing, some compulsion when you're watching something. Yeah, because I, I just wanted to... I was walking past and I saw the ending and I was like, that's not what I anticipated. <laughs> that's not what I thought. I don't think it's what anyone anticipated. Yeah. But this is a film that was probably... The snuck out at January, February time mm-hmm. when the award season films are probably filling up the theatres mm-hmm. and they are just put out there to, essentially to die. Yeah. It's on Amazon Prime. If yeah. anyone wants to watch it, done. As far <laughs> as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, I won't be watching it because you know I'm terrified of ghosts. If you, Mark, and anyone else out there wanted to watch an adaptation of The Turn of the Screw, like ones that are critically acclaimed, I would be saying, and I talked to you about this when you were watching. I said, oh, have you seen The Innocents, which is from 1961, um, directed by Jack Clayton? So that's a really well-known and very, very creepy adaptation of the, of the novella. But also um, another film that you haven't seen, The Others, which is 2001, yes. with uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And whilst it's not based on The Turn of the Screw, it does have a number of elements which are, which are similar. Those two films, I would say, you... If you've seen this and you're a bit disappointed, but you kind of l- like perhaps where it might have been going, mm. I would recommend to, to go and Likewise, see those. Likewise, I'd recommend Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Go back to uh, anyone else who listens to our podcast regularly will know that I get scared of everything, including the film Casper. <laughs> yes, I will be watching it. <laughs> yeah. So equally thrown out there in... January, February time last year mm. was Underwater. Mm. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. She's underwater, funnily enough. Vincent Cassell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Vincent Cassell. It's one of my favourites. TJ Miller. Who I don't really know, but you say he has had a troubled he, history recently. He, he was in Silicon Valley. He was in Deadpool. Right. Um, I think allegations were made about his conduct on a number of things he worked on. Right. I suspect he won't be getting... Similarly high-profile roles, unless mm. he, he's probably going to have to rebuild himself up mm. in the way that people do. John Gallagher Jr. Who we know from um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes. And Jessica Hennig. Who we know from Iron Fist. Sorry, and, I had a moment there. Yeah, and Game of Thrones. <laughs> and Game of Thrones. And Skins. Oh, was she in Skins? I'm pretty sure she was in Skins. I've I never seen it. Skins. I've never seen anything of Skins. Okay. But I, I, all I know is like Nicholas Holt other. was in Skins, and that's it. Um, okay, so yeah, so pretty. Not in know, Skins. Not in Don't skin. know where I got that from. <laughs> but anyway, decent cast. Decent cast. Yeah, very, very. Yeah. All underwater. Yes. Yeah. This is this to me. I knew nothing about this film. <laughs> this to me started off like Gravity. Mm-hmm. In that it's a small cast, they are out in the middle of nowhere, 
but instead of being in space it's the bottom of the sea yeah and disaster happens yeah and they need to get somewhere to be safe yeah i think it would be very easy to give spoilers out on this and i don't mm-hmm. think we will yeah thematically i think i found the bottom of the sea really really intriguing yeah because it's this place that no humans ever explored yeah um there is stuff down there that there will be creatures down there that we don't know what they are there are landscapes that we don't know what to expect down there and i think it's a really interesting idea for a film Mm -hmm. i don't think this film takes anywhere near the advantage of it Mm. a lot of this film is set in deep dive suits and robotic deep dive suits and things like that and i think i really struggled to connect to any of the characters because they are just wearing these big suits you know in your head that's yeah. not the best audio <laughs> oh no sorry i'm, I'm giving you a chat because yeah. I, I always jump in but yeah i totally agree i felt this was just really generic yeah i i really just looked at it and i thought well you've got a, a group of people who are in a, a, a a confined space doesn't sound right, but they're going through tunnels, and but you know there are there are there are things in their way, and they're in rooms together. And you've got these this cast of characters that are together that they're trying to work out a problem. And it just reminded me of all those films, typically set in space. This time, like you say, underwater, yeah. but just without the character. I'm thinking about all those other films and many that I cannot mention. Mark has told me off already off the podcast. <laughs> For doing this, um, I can't mention them because they would s- suggest where the film might go. But where you are w- with people that you're you're shoved into their world, and within five minutes you know each character, you know how they work, you know what those relationships are. This just just didn't do that for me. I think there are fine people working in it. I think it's an interesting premise, but it just felt like the. I can't mention any films, <laughs> but insert film here by numbers. Yes, yeah, I think that's yeah. I think you're exactly right there. And I also just found I found it quite depressing. I don't know whether that's because you you're submerged underwater and everything's very dark. But it's I d- very dark. Very very dark. It's very handheld footagey mm. camera, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of water splash on screen, which is just yeah. my massive bugbear just tells me I'm watching a film mm-hmm. rather than any, anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, the ending I found really entertaining. Entertaining? Yes. Okay, interesting. <laughs> when they get to where they need to go mm-hmm. and there is a set piece to end the film, Yeah. I found that really well done. Mm-hmm. I think cause I can see the characters' faces, I can see their expressions and their yeah, emotions. Out of the suits at that You've point. got really good actors mm-hmm. playing really emotive, making decisions, taking you know, taking mm-hmm. decisions for the team, looking after making selfless acts. Mm-hmm. And I found that really good and I just wish everything else of it, because this is a really good cast mm-hmm. in a really bang average film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't really re- recommend it have but I think it's one of those ones where you could have it on in the background, and it's just a st- it's a standard. You, could you call it? A sci-fi? You could turn off for ten know. minutes and come back to it, and yeah. nothing's really going to happen. They still need to get to the same place. Yeah, they've probably got climbed over something, mm-hmm. and something's fallen down. Mm-hmm. But there's only maybe four minutes space yeah. throughout the film that you need to know for the actual plot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I th- like I, mean, I say, it's one of these. It. It's one of these films. Yeah, I can tick it off the you've list now. Tick it off your list. Do you want to know? Do you want to know just for? Giggles, what I've got left to watch on my list Go from on. last year. Let me just find this. Let me I just... know you'll have seen like Tenet. That'll be in there, won't it? Yeah. Let me just see the. Let me just find my spreadsheet. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that. That happens. That happens. Sexy. <laughs> yeah. You married me. <laughs> uh, so, I've seen Turning Underwater, the photograph. That's quite a nice film. Is it from Ringo Starr? No, no, no. Uh, the Grudge, which is an awful oh, watch that. horror no, film. No, thanks. Like a Boss, which is awful. The New Mutants. Oh, you've seen that, I yeah. haven't. Fantasy Island. I actually sat through that. You did. Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, we've both seen that. Yeah. I've seen something on the list. Excellent. The Gentleman. Not for me, thanks. Tenet. Yeah. Onward. 
Oh, I, have, I haven't seen that that's yet. The new, that's the Pixar film that they released last year. Okay. It, it's very much Pixar by the numbers, okay. but it's all right. Uh, Call of the Wild. It follows a dog. Oh, does it? Sold. <laughs> the Invisible Man. Doolittle, which is the worst film on this list. Uh, Birds of Prey, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Bad Boys for Life. Wow. The ones I need to see... What a list. ...are The War with Grandpa. The War with Grandpa? <laughs> yeah. Okay. A kid... Uh, At War ha- with their grandpa? Yeah, grandpa moves into their room. The grandpa, played uh-huh. by Robert De Niro, therefore further bastardising oh, his legacy, I suspect. He's always yeah. playing like bad grandpa, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so they apparently oh, have a Robert. war... Yeah. Mm. Uh, Unhinged, mm-hmm. which is the Russell Crowe Oh my film. God, actually, I, I, I remember it getting some good reviews. Yeah, it was one of them films when cinemas were open, I always wanted to go mm. see, but never quite, there was always something else that I'd liked, wanted to watch a little bit more than it. But it's, I'm looking forward to it, as soon as it comes on something, and it can't be far off, because it's probably been out sort of six, seven, eight months now, I'll, I'll definitely catch that. And... I'm not looking forward to this. The Croods a new age. I mean, you you've chosen to do this, Pet. Yeah, well, you know, it's been 13 years I've been doing this, and uh, and I've also gone back to the beginning of the 80s. So you you and you know this journey scratches the surface. It's, of it's so and, true. It's yeah. so true. But whatever makes you happy, I am happy when you are happy. What, what well, the reason I'm forcing yourself to watch a bad film? Within you know, reason. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we've caught, it. we've caught up. Woo-hoo. We've caught I feel up. Be- oh, I feel so much better. Mind like, you, know, knock over the washing. Yeah, no, I was just about to walk over. I'm so excited. I've thrown my hands in the air and the washing nearly went flying. Um, so yeah, I think we need to come back quite soon with something. Yeah, maybe a date at night. Maybe, Possibly. maybe an afterwork dream. We have. Uh, we said this in the hospital when we were having uh, a, a, a chat about the podcast. We don't um, just have editorial decisions no, on, no, no, <laughs> while no, we're we, speaking. We do it in all places. But we said we hadn't done After Work Drinks for a while, but that was mainly because After Work Drinks is our show where we talk about sort of the news in film and TV and nothing much has been happening other than things being delayed and we were just doing podcast after podcast saying, oh, Bond's been pushed back, Bond's been pushed back. And lo and behold... Bond has been pushed back again, so we were feeling we were being a bit repetitive, but I think enough time has passed now that we're able to talk about some new things that are happening. I've also got something, like a discussion, a life discussion that I need to talk a about you. Yeah. We wow. might as well do it on... Oh, well, might as well. I mean, we do everything on else. Recorded, so. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Let's do that then. Right then. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and letterboxed at the Honeymoon Pod. And if you want to drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, please do so. Really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. It helps people find the podcast. People that aren't medical professionals that we've tried (laughs) pimping it out to while still looking to look (laughs) after our fun. Yeah, so that would be brilliant. If you are a medical profession that found out about this by some rambling (laughs) parents, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks very much for looking after us this week if you are listening. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Catch you later. See you soon. Bye.